Hey, this is Keenan Clark. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen to this episode of my podcast. I am really praying that your time listening helps you to realize just how loved and enjoyed you are by God. If you'd like, you can stay connected with me by following me on all major social media platforms. Now, get ready, because I have to say this episode is so good. I love you. Hey, we have some special guests that are joining us all the way from San Angelo. And this uh, uh, young man um, joined us on stage, too. Um, but this young man, um, I think, I don't know, maybe I think it was 2019, um, I started following him and you know, how you get on social media and you think, you know, somebody, but then like, I have no idea who you are. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, I started just sending some messages and saw what he was doing for the kingdom of God and uh, saw his heart, saw his passion. And then he did some radical, radical things I thought was just awesome. And then over time took me a little while. I actually thought he was from Austin. Um, and then I found out he's from San Angelo, um, which is super cool. And so during COVID he met his wife, he met, dated, and got married all during COVID. And so can you get up for Keenan and Beth Clark coming up here to join us on stage? And uh, we have, um, we just want to, we just want to help. Um, we want to help some people. And I want to say this before we even get started. I want, I want, I want, number one, I want you to know this, that there is nothing that is impossible with God. Nothing at all that's impossible with God. And so with that being said, um, Keenan, introduce yourself. What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Trying to see what I'm working with this morning. Hey, my name is Keenan Clark. I am uh, from San Angelo, Texas. This is my beautiful wife, Beth. Showing some skin this morning. But anyway, uh, my beautiful wife and I, we uh, are from San Angelo, Texas, um, and a part of an amazing church there called Celebration Church. Um, and so it's just a real thrill to be here this morning. Uh, I got to jump up here with the worship team, which was kind of fun, get to fill a void there. But um, yeah, we do all of the college ministry at, at Celebration Church and also have the privilege of getting to travel and preach and speak. And so that's kind of who we are. Man, I love it. And then, and then Beth, Beth is joining. Um, and so you guys, have, you guys have quite the story. And uh, we have a number up here that you can text. That's an, it's totally anonymous. I don't even know my son's number or my daughter's number. No, true, it's a true story. I don't know their number. Um, that's why you have an iPhone. That's why you can't have an Android because they don't know how to save numbers. But the iPhone helps you. But right here, you can text this number. It's anonymous. Any questions relationship-wise? This is not our personal cell, just so you know. Oh, so yeah. if you think Thank you're you for texting clarifying. us, you're not. So it's the church phone. So there's not any numbers. And if you're watching there. online, you get, the, the team is standing by and they're going to let us know what, so post questions online, or if you could just text us from home, if you have a phone, if not, just type it up and then they'll send it to us. So they're already prepared and ready. And again, we want to say welcome if you're watching online. And so here's what we want to do. Um, growing up in church, I mean, I, it, you just didn't hear much about relationships and dating and single life or newlyweds and and then, and then you know with some parents it's very challenging to ask any questions or very awkward yeah. very awkward and so um i wanted to i wanted to bring them up here because so so gifted such a unique gift in both especially being so young so passionate um i've heard you preach before um and uh, very tempting to not have you come up here and preach and teach because you're such a gifted um, Thanks, communicator man. and speaker but i knew there's something unique about how god brought both of you together um, and, uh, and, and so I kind of want, I just want to, I want to kind of set that up. And so questions can come in and uh, some have already come in. And so just text them in. They're anonymous. We don't know who you are. And, um, and if everybody looks down at their phone for 30 seconds, then we have no idea who it is, <laughs> you know, just, uh, um, but anyway, so we want, we want to help you. Um, and this is what we prayed. We, we talked about this last night. We talked about it, um, I think two weeks ago. Um, and then maybe even, I think even a week ago, we jumped on a little call. All four of us were on there. And, um, and then we prayed this morning. Um, he was up late last night. I was up late last night. And here's what we want. We want the Holy Spirit just to speak words of wisdom through us. And there's some things that we did not do well. There's some things um, that they've learned, um, that they navigated during COVID, during 2021, 2020, finding somebody and walking out, living out convictions, following the leading of the Holy Spirit um, that I think is super helpful. And I think it's super encouraging for even young people um, to, to, to realize there's hope. There's yes. hope for me. And if well, not even young people. You know, I 
had a bathroom combo, which I those often do. Those are the do. best. Those, <laughs> those, no, seriously, those are the best. I apologize things. to everybody that's been in the bathroom that's all next to me. I'm like, what's so, up? So, I'm the same. I'm like, hey, are you still there? Um, but someone said, am I too old? And I'm like, you know, that what and what's so cool about too old for what? first service is that it's even sparking in other people who are maybe a little older that it's never too late for God to send somebody to you. It's never too late. So, so it'll be good. It's super, super good. Um, I want, I want to start off with this because social media and as the questions come in, let us know. But social media has actually, um, there, there was a, a young couple um, in, our, in, our, in our church, first service, um, and, um, and I was in a small, it was what we call a cruise, basically a small group. Um, and those, are, those are going all throughout the week. Go online, check those out. Um, but we were at Mojo's. Anybody heard of Mojo's? Okay, a couple people. Okay. It's like where all the young people work. I mean, it's like you have to be like 18 or under to work there. It's crazy. You know, like uh, that's the job requirement, 18 or under. It's like it's really cool place. But we, they, when they were opened up, we met in there. And I remember a couple years ago, so it might have been three or four years ago, but someone said that social media is what actually brings on depression. And I, at the time, I thought, I was, I was like just getting on Instagram or back on Instagram. I was like, this is amazing. Right. Like I thought, you know, it's like, you know, you got Facebook and then you had Instagram. Come on. And it, but then I heard young people in their 20s that it was like it was wrecking them. Yeah. They were comparing yeah. to other people. They should be further along than they are. They should already be married. They should be having kids. Should should have the house or the white picket fence. They should have this. They should have that. And and it was this depression. And I didn't get it until now. I am actually navigating how not to be on my phone all the time. Yeah. And it's almost starting to affect. Um, and so. When I started following you, I don't remember how it was. Someone probably tagged you, or I don't know. Maybe you're preaching somewhere, or something like that. And I was like, "Man, I need, I need, I need to try to get this guy in." And uh, um, and you had how many followers at that time? Did you have uh, fifty-seven thousand? Fifty. Who's counting? Who, who, right? who, who keeps like, counting? Like who's yeah, like like I don't know Such how many. Such an exact. Number. I don't know how many. I have twelve hundred ninety-six. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, and then uh, usually after Sunday, I go down a few. Oh dang! Yeah, yeah. That but if I a follow a hundred, sometimes I'll get like one or two back. It's the follow unfollow. Yeah, yeah. Just keep so, doing that. Yeah, I'm following like four thousand. I don't Come know if on. that matters. I don't know if that matters. And so, so what a I, ratio. When I scroll, I scroll for days. Right? I can scroll for days and never see the same thing over, you know? That's like, good. Yeah, but I don't know who the people are. <laughs> and, um, and then when you church plant, you follow everybody in the town. Yes. That's in, if you're, you know, okay. So, so you're following so 6,000. Yeah, 6,000. 6,000 people. I need yeah. to get there. I haven't. Keep going. Um, you have to do it at the right times because, yeah. like the waiter last night, I was like, is it too late to follow? Is it too... It can be creepy, you know? <laughs> Why did you follow me at 1.30 in the morning? You're past. We actually have someone here that we actually have someone over here stage right that I followed that actually thought it was creepy. I don't blame you. Whoever is set stage right. I don't yeah. know which stage right is, but I don't blame you. Oh, that way? No, actually, you. no, stage right is over here. Don't blame you. I'm in stage left. <laughs> um, and so and so but anyway, you have fifty-seven thousand followers, and um, you, I mean, you did something I've never heard done before. What, just like, kind of walk us through that story. You had a following. You had, I'm not saying you had your identity. You know, I probably would have. <laughs> so if you're not following me, like, it does make me feel good when I get a follower. <laughs> like, it's like, no, seriously, K. Shane Winger, if you're looking. I love it. Um, and, uh, love uh, no, but it does feel good. Yeah. Like, we'll hit a dopamine. Follow. Yeah. And then when people don't, don't like your post. I become judgmental. Calm down. <laughs> I know. Right? No, I become judgmental. It's yeah, like, what? I get it. Like, Bryce, why didn't you like my posts? <laughs> like your yeah. No, but seriously, see, so no, all kidding aside, a lot of people have, I don't know, I don't know many people that would, would do that. Um, so just walk us through a little bit yeah. of that, because if that was still going on, um, things could look different right now. Very different. So, um, 
I accrued these followers and, and um, um, gained these followers by traveling and preaching. Like I said, I, I, I get to travel and preach quite a bit. I've literally been all over the world. I've, I've preached conferences in India. I've been to Dubai. I've been to Israel. I've done crusades in Jamaica. I mean, just kind of all over the place, and, and including the continental U.S., like just been everywhere doing youth conferences and camps and Sunday mornings and stuff like that. And so as you begin to travel, um, your, your following builds, but then also that's how more opportunities come. And so God was kind of really utilizing Instagram to like get me places. Um, and so obviously I had 57,000 and I remember, you know, I was going places and doing stuff. And I remember I was, I was on a cruise ship actually, you know, really suffering for the gospel. Okay. So I'm on a cruise ship. <laughs> And uh, getting more followers because yeah, you're, tra- yeah. you're trapped. Yeah, I'm networking on the cruise ship, you know what I mean? Just can't stop. I'm playing. Um, so we were there, and I remember I was just spending some quiet time with the Lord. The Lord had been doing some extraordinary things in my heart, and uh, I was just sitting there spending some quiet time. And God literally asked me, Now I have to say, like, in this moment, Instagram was not an idol, my influence was not an idol. There had been seasons past where that had been a bit of a thing, and God was quick to yank my chain um, because it's quick to find even. I know 57,000 followers in reality when you know other people isn't that much, but you quickly become somebody's fam- uh, famous no, it's, friend. No it's, no, it's a lot in my life. Well, thanks. In my that. world, it's a lot. <laughs> okay, cool. But you quickly become like your circle's famous friend, you know what I mean? And people want to get on your story, and that can quickly become like your identity. And so there have been places where that had been a problem and God was quick to like kick, give me a swift kick in the pants. Okay. When that was happening and uproot that. But in this moment, there was no, there was no idolatry. There was nothing really going on. It was, it was a healthy tool. That's what I saw it as a tool. And God literally, I was sitting there and he said this, he said, would you trust me and give me your Instagram? He literally used this word. He said, would you sow your Instagram? And I'm familiar with the concept of sowing and reaping. And I really felt God say, hey, if you will give me what you feel is a lot of influence, I'll give you what I call a lot of influence. And I said, okay. It was like, it was almost like that Abraham Isaac moment. For those of you who are familiar with the scriptures, I really felt like I was having to lay down this, this thing. I felt God gave me. Um, and I laid it down and I, I was like, yes, sir. I literally, I, I was happy to do it. And as soon as I could get a Wi-Fi signal, I got on, let people know what was going on so it wasn't some shady thing and, 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 and shut the whole thing down. It's never been activated again since. And so, so Beth, de- kind of describe, because you met him. On Instagram. We on met Instagram. on Instagram. <laughs> um, but not that. Not that account. So right. do you still have the account? No. Is it like, uh, what do you call it, where it's like? Like sleeping or... Yeah. Just dormant? No, it's it's dead. It's like, gone. I stabbed it with a stake through the heart. It's gone. <laughs> it's imp- it's for, for a 20-some-year-old, that's, I mean, that's, um, that's a big... Now, most of us... Um, see, I just can't relate, you know? 7,000 <laughs> people. Um, but I can relate to... <laughs> um, I can relate to sacrifice. Um, and when I think of marriage... Um, and commitment, it's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. So you started before you got married, um, giving some stuff to the Lord. Yeah. Um, that he asked for that you probably didn't even comprehend or fully understand. Yeah. You, you is, there, is, is there, is there, and you can tag on that because I mean, that's a really big deal for a young person to let go of something and to not. <clears throat> you know, hoard or, hey, this is mine. I built this. I'm a right. self-made, you know, preacher that travels all over the world. And like, I got all these followers and, and even try to bend it to, I'm going to use this for the gospel. But you had this, uh, I would say, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but still small voice or was it audible voice or no, was I, it just I, a little unction? I've never, and I want Over to, the intercom system? No, uh, right, like, the, on the cruise ship. Yeah, how awesome um, would that be? Yeah, paging Keenan Clark, this yeah. is your heavenly father speaking. <laughs> you know, no, that was not how that went. Um, I was literally like, it's just, uh, the way the Holy Spirit talks to me is honestly, it sounds a lot like me. Um, and I, I've just, over times of, it, I'll, I'll say this, it's hard to recognize a voice you've never taken time to listen to. And- as you begin to listen to the Holy Spirit, say that again. It's hard to recognize a voice you've taken no time to listen to. I know my dad's voice. I can be at Walmart and hear my dad not yelling my name, but just talking. I'm like, Brandon? Like, Brandon Clark? You're in here? 
It's because I've spent so much time around him. I know his dictation. I know his enunciation. I know his inflection and, 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 and dynamic of his voice. And I'm telling you, when you begin, the, the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you, listen to me, in a language you understand. And I don't just mean English. Okay, I mean, in ways and signs through people you're going to trust. And I'm telling you, God is trying to communicate to you all the time. Obviously, he is doing it right here on this, this, this stage. At least we pray he is. Um, but God's talking to you when you're at Kmart. God's talking to you when you're pumping gas. God's talking to you when you're waking up in the morning. He just, and it's, it's not always you need to sacrifice your Instagram. Sometimes it's like, man, do you understand how much I freaking love you? Do you understand that today, if you'll lean into me, could literally be the best day of your life? Not because you're going to accomplish something, but because I already accomplished everything for you. Man, I'm telling you, when you get to know that still small voice, all of a sudden, every day, literally, every day becomes the best day ever. And I'm telling you, you begin to trust him with things that the world would say, that's a really big deal. And to me, it really wasn't even a big deal. It really wasn't a big deal. But yeah, I had no idea that later through my new Instagram... Because um, I didn't feel like God asked me to get off the app entirely. I felt like he just asked me to get off that account. So I started another one, you know, just to stay up to date with friends and stuff. And um, a couple, like, I guess, I don't, maybe like seven months later, um, this Number little girl. Number of perfection. Well, yeah, true. Number of perfection in scripture. Um, seven months later, um, this girl saw me in a, I had a buddy of mine come and preach at an event I was doing and uh, he's got quite a few followers as well. And he posted a picture with me and she was following him and his wife. And she's like, yo, who dat? You know what I mean? <laughs> or what, 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 how did you feel when you saw me? Well, I literally said, this is my DM to him. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Here it is. You ready? I said, I like your tattoos and the way you share about Jesus. But I will say the way that you portray yourself on Instagram, like it matters. It was the draw, but he had to be that too. Like I did have to end up talking to him and meet him in person. And yeah. um, little did I know he exceeded beyond his tattoos and his <laughs> jokes and his ways of communication and everything. But it was, it was the draw. And I would not have probably DM'd someone with close to 60,000 followers at that place. I just was would have probably been intimidated. Right. So. Which you have nothing God to had, God, had, God had to bring him down to my, you know, like 3,000 followers. So Whatever. My God. So by you, in one sense, you sacrificing that. Opened the possibly door. Possibly opened the door for her from yeah. Indiana. Uh-huh. She lived, she's from Indiana. So when she DM'd me, I was currently living in San Angelo, like two and a half hours away. And she was living in um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And so. That is literally how we met. And then uh, we talked for about two months. In that time, um, she literally went into the hospital. So she was on medical leave from work, um, which crazy story, literally one year to the date of her leaving the hospital, a, a, a God door opened and we were literally to the day, the day she left the hospital in 2020, in 2021 this year, we paid all her medical bills off in one fell swoop. That's a God thing. On, I, I, it's crazy. Literally one year to the day. Was there any sewing involved before that happened? Oh, yeah. I mean. Any uh, sacrifice? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Like, we, we have cho chosen to be people who are marked by generosity. Um, I think the church has been gimme, gimme, gimme. Fund what we're doing. Fund my vision. And I think, yes, there's space and place for that. Like, it takes money to get stuff done in the kingdom. But guess what? It, sometimes before you can meet somebody's spiritual need, you got to meet a physical need. And I think that's something like we really understand is like, hey, if, if you really want to see that my heart's in the right place, I'm going to put liter my literal money where my mouth is. And, um, you know, before I can tell you how much you're worth, I'm going to show you what you're worth. You know what I'm saying? Gosh. Here's, you know, and we, we do that. And we don't, we're not willy will nilly with it. We don't have like, we don't, we do not have bukus of money at all. We are, you would laugh if I told you what I make. Okay. But the, the truth is, is you're either going to be generous or you're not. You can't wait until it makes sense. And if, because if it makes sense, is it really coming from a real place? It's not a sacrifice. And generosity is not something you do. It's who you are. Exactly. Um, matter of fact, I didn't know you were going to say all that, but in everybody's seats is a card that says something extra to show you that God loves you. And uh, I'd encourage you to take one or two of those or grab a handful. And there is no better feeling Come on. Then when you do that for somebody. Yeah. I mean, just no better. And then it does. It opens up a door. And so, and again, thank you for everybody who served yeah. Tuesday night. People prayed and people gave finances. We were able to serve 500 plus families, um, which was, I mean. It's amazing. I, 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 so was, I mean, I was, I was, I was pooped. 
don't know if we're live right now. No, we're not live. It doesn't say live on there, so we're not. No, but I was, there was people that were, their feet hurt so bad, you know, and so, but again, they, they had a heart of generosity. And I love hearing that come from young people. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that is that inspiring. Okay, we got a couple questions. Go for it, Okay, Sandy. so the first question is, I have my top five things I would like in a person before entering into a relationship. How do I know if I've set my guardrails up too high if I keep having to keep searching? How do I know if I've set my guardrails up too high if I keep having to search? Not that um, over to you. <laughs> you haven't. Let me just free you of that. Um, I actually ended up making a list, and mine was much lengthier. So keep adding to your list. There's a lot more than five. Yes. Um, <laughs> and honestly, like I'm being 100% real, I still have that list today. And if I just didn't look at it and made a list of my husband, it would far exceed even that list because God is a God of addition and he will bring you a person that ex far exceeds that. Yeah, she likes to say not just somebody who checks boxes but creates boxes you didn't even know you needed checked. Oh, um, and I think that that's something that's, that's beyond true. And something like people used to try to tell her that she had these... They well-meaning, but not very, you know, well-doing people in her life who she would talk about the kind of man that she wanted, and they would tell her, honey, you're never going to get that. That person doesn't exist. Wow. Like, uh, like, like, if I can say this, all men of God are addicted to porn. Like, it's just something you're going to have to live with. And I'm not heaping any sort of condemnation on that, but I do believe there is real freedom. We do not have to live with a plague. That does not have to be the thorn in your flesh the rest of your life, okay? And I'm so grateful that she didn't go, okay, well, I guess. And if you buy into that lie, no. you're doomed. You're doomed. Yeah. If you buy it, and then you begin to spread it. You're only as free as you believe you are. Yeah. And I think that it speaks to this, like, you you kind of look at your line, um, like your familiar line and generations, and maybe you hold your standard to, well, I'm better than that. Well, maybe that wasn't much of a standard. And so one day you get to be great, great grandma that did something great. And you're, you know, the children to come never have to know about that. And I think it does just take those conversations where you you stand your ground and you disagree and you say, that's not my definition of a godly man. Or woman. Right. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I just think, I just think you've got to be getting your information and your inundation from the Holy Spirit. And we emphasized this a lot in the last service, but I really think if you are going to live in everything God has for you, then God has to be a part of it. And you've got to be informed and you've got to get your standard and your reality and your vision. Because the Bible says this, it's for lack of vision, people perish. The reason people end up driving their life off a cliff is because they didn't see a better life was available. You'll have, and I'm not just talking about new age manifestation. If I can see it and profess it, I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about standing on the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. And I think when we get back to that place of God, you said it and that settles it. You said it, that settles it. If you said it, I'm going to see it. And when we get to that place, all of a sudden, I had, I'll be real with you, I'd never dreamed a girl of this caliber in every shape, form, and fashion, physically and emotionally, uh, on the outside and on the inside, was gonna be available to me. I always was dissatisfied. I've dated lots of people, sadly, and I every time was just like, this, this is, like, no offense, but just like, it's, it's not something I want to devote the rest of my life to. And then that's why when she stumbled into my world, I was, my literal jaw hit the floor. Like literally the first time I saw her, I literally forgot how to be a human being. It's true. Literally. I thought I was going to have a bowel movement. I'm literally like, you're doing great. Yeah. I was like, clean up on aisle Keenan. That was the first day. <laughs> yeah. yeah for, literally the first day. I mean, day. he states away. I'm stuck with him for the weekend. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I swear I know how to be a human being. So, you know, finally I came to the endorphins settled down and like, I was like, okay, let's talk, you know? And, um, but I'm telling you, whenever you get, allow God to speak something in you, give you a vision, give you a heart for something. And like you guys said, we've been listening to the podcast. So if you haven't been listening to the podcast, you need to go back and listen to the podcast. Okay. Get on the YouTube channel. But if it's not good, God's not done. Yeah. If it's not good, 
God's not done. Listen to me. You got to hold on because he turns what the enemy meant for evil around for your good, not just the greater good, which means it's a deficit for you. No, he turns it around for your good. Can there be, can you are there, can there be, can there, this is all tied. Can there be some people that set very, very unrealistic expectations, um, is there a way that, I mean, in case, I think we're, you not, can in case set, we're not misreading this text, I, I don't know who it is. You can but set self-righteous expectations. There's no unrealistic expectation, but there can be a self-righteous expectation where you're saying, I've held this line, so everybody else has to hold that line. Oh, I, I, I didn't realize that was all about you. Like, I'll be real. I was a virgin when we got married, 25 years old. You know, a lot of people. It, get, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Can you, like, you, you, t you said this, and I never heard this before. So your dad gave you a, an incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I was 13, he I, paid you. He paid me not to play, not to play. That's true. So like, <laughs> let me explain when I was 13, because if you're 13, it's pretty much, I mean, not a whole lot. Is it was, playing? I don't know. <laughs> well, if you're there, I don't know. I mean, I mean, at 13, you're not thinking about marriage, probably not marriage, but at, you're at thinking 14, about married I was, things. I was thinking about, I was thinking about marriage at 14. I yeah. like. I was really think it was just kind of probably kind of weird or whatever. And I've always been that, a marriage. That would person. run girls away though. <laughs> you freak them out. Oh yeah, yeah. Because if you told them, you're I'm like, hey, I'll, I'm in this to get married, you know. Um, but your you dad, have a your dad, pay, yeah, dude, I did. Oh okay. No, I did. I, I had a job yeah. at 14. Straight up, dude. Had a hardship. Burger okay. King. Dang. I was a waiter. Burger. Burger King. I was a wait. No, seriously, I, I still have my badge. Said no tips allowed. Because wow. yeah, because I had to pay for my own insurance and fuel and car, yeah, and I wanted my own independence. That's awesome. Um, and in one sense, it is. Um, <laughs> one sense. Um, but talk about that with your dad. Yeah. So my dad. Yeah, when I was you 13, got. He. I don't know who your father is. <laughs> Tell us about your father. Because you're your father like is. like I'm. I am since first service. I am chewing on. The Parker, genius. Look out. The There's genius. an offer coming your way soon. Uh, I Parker sense is it. A sa Parker He's is going to be 13 in June. He is highly motivated. Notes. He is highly motivated to save. He is a sa He's like giving me a straight face right now. But he, he is, I, he is a phenomenal something? saver. Parker, there are huge things ahead of you. There are huge things ahead of you. I just want to take a second and just talk to you for a second because there is, listen to me, there is literal greatness on the inside of you. I know you feel overlooked a lot. I know you feel kind of forgotten. I know you feel kind of just like the, the gopher around here. You got to go for this, go for that. But listen to me, there is a massive call of God on your life. God's hand is all over you. I don't want you to ever forget that, okay? She keeps saying that's 12-year-old Keenan right there. And I think you're, you're, you're way further along than I was at 12. Way better looking, for sure. <laughs> but seriously, un listen to me. You are going to touch the planet. There are things that God has promised your dad that he's going to do through you. Hmm. Listen to me. Some of those promises are going to come to fruition, not through him, but through you, through the bloodline. And I want you to stand strong and courageous. So it's like Joshua 1.9 says, stand strong and courageous, young man. And you, you take yourself seriously, and people will take you seriously. Okay? Love you, man. I know we just met, but there's a massive call on your life. Wow. Aw. Anybody got a, a tissue around here? <laughs> I love it. Thank I told you. I told Keenan, I said, we can't. It's, I, I, it's so hard to do two services the same, and so it, whatever comes out, comes out for sure. But yeah. um, thank you, because you didn't say that first service. No. It's just on your heart. And um, It was true first service, just because it wasn't said. Good just point. like it'll be true long Good after point. you forget I said it. Good point. It'll always be true. So don't forget it. Forget it. Just going to write it down. But about my dad. So we, I know we've got like 28 minutes. So um, my, dad, dad. my dad came to me when I was 13 and he said, son, if you will remain a virgin until you're married, um, I will set aside $10 every day until you get married. Oh, sorry, every week. It would have been a lot more if it was every day. <laughs> every week. Thank you, baby. Every week. <laughs> Um, until you get married. And he, he literally said this. I know this is a little PG-13, but he literally said, if you won't have sex, I'll pay for you to have amazing sex. Wow. Like, you'll, it'll, be in the, it'll be in the tropics. Wow. It'll be awesome. It won't be in the backseat of some car. Wow. Okay? <laughs> it's literally what he told me. And I was like, sounds awesome. You know what I mean? Where do I sign? I you have know? never... Yeah, did you have to sign a contract? Nah. Oh, okay. It was in blood. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Dude, that is phenomenal. I've never heard of that before. 
I love that. And I, and I obviously, I, I did, but I, I do want to say this at the same breath. With that being said, I found every loophole around that. I'm being honest, like real quick, because I don't want to paint an inaccurate picture of who I am for you and what God can do. Okay. So with my, that being said, when I started going through high school and I'd have a girlfriend or something like that, I literally would find every technicality, you know, that was available. And you don't want to live your life moving technicality to technicality. I didn't follow, jump into following Jesus so I could find loopholes. I jumped in so I could find him. Yeah. I want him and I want his best for me. I want that John 10, 10 abundant life that he yeah. promised me. And that's not found in technicalities. And I'll tell you right now, if you're single in here, one of the best things you could ever do, listen to me, one of the best things you could ever do, and I'm not saying this from a place of regret, I'm saying this because I did it and she did it and we're, we're better for it, is get healed of your sexual baggage because all of us have it get healed i don't care how even though i'm able to say i was a virgin when i got married i still had sexual baggage because of the loopholes because of the technicalities that i, I would find a way to compromise without compromising but it was totally compromising yeah. you know and when i was 24 the lord told me you can either deal with this now at 24 when there's literally zero it is going to affect or you can wait till you're 45 and it's going to eat your lunch wow. I literally felt the Lord tell me that. You can deal with this now at 24 years old when there's not a wife, there's no kids, there's literally no ministry really affected by you being honest. Or you can wait until you're 45 and it will eat your lunch. And I, I pulled my dad aside and I told him, I said, Dad, with tears running down my face, I said, Dad, I, I, the Holy Spirit's telling me I need to talk to you. And I told him, I said, Dad, I, I, I know I've held that standard, but I know there were other ways that I could have held an even better standard and I found every loophole. And I just want to let you know, I repent, I'm sorry, and I need to walk in the light as, as God tells us to walk in the light. And, and I'm telling you, in that moment, I literally, I literally felt God unlock something on the inside of me. It was like, it was like, a, like just a, 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 a snake bite that had been in my brain. It was just it seeping its venom in there, was just whoo, completely released. And I'm telling you, like, it's as we get honest and real. And I'm telling you, there's no better time than to do this than when you're single. And just get rid and get healed. That way you can step into that relationship one day, a healed person, a complete and healed person. That's amazing. This question kind of tags off of what you're saying. We have a ton of questions coming in, but it says, how do I get healed if my sexual baggage, how do I get healed of sexual baggage if you were sexually abused as a child? Um, well, number one, I, I just want to say I'm sorry. I don't wanna rush past this real quick because if nobody else has ever told you that they're sorry, if that person, if the perpetrator never told you they are sorry, I want you to know I'm sorry on their behalf because there'll be one day they stand before God in heaven and that the veil has been lifted. They don't see through a glass dimly, but they realize, Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Listen to me, that person doesn't really understand what they did. And one day they will, and they will wish with everything inside of them that they could undo what they did. And I want to tell you right now on their behalf with that coming, because we have that promise in heaven. I want to let you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry that that happened to you. But listen, God is so much bigger than our history. God is so much bigger than our past. Listen to me. Your past should be a point of reference, not a place of residence. Yeah. Your past should not be somewhere you camp out. Your past should not be something that you check into like a holiday inn, okay? Your past should be something, I reference it, but guess what? I reference it to give God glory because God brought me out of that. And I know, I know it sounds like he still needs to bring you out of that, and that starts with just letting him into this moment. I think even just at daring to ask that question, I don't know who asked that question, but daring to ask the question is the first step in healing. It's the first step in healing. And I'm telling you, he will be faithful to meet you right there. Yeah. I think when something is stolen from you and taken from you, you feel like you have nothing to give. And so that freedom process where you can, you're, you're restored and um, yes, sexually, but I would say emotionally um, and it, come to a place where you can trust again and that it's your choice that you still have something good to give and just believing that, that you, you are worthy to give something good still. Come on. Wow. Well, no, well said. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, no, well, yeah, well said. And, and it might take, I mean, it might take, you know, like you had a great father. Um, what was your dad's name? Brandon? Brandon, yeah. That you were able to open up to. Some people don't have 
a dad that they can express something like that to, or it could have even been their dad. father, um, which is heart-wrenching, sickening, horrible. And um, I love that we have a church where people open up and they do share some things that are, are a little bit hard to hear. But I think yeah. as a church and um, as Jesus followers that we should be open to helping the hurting. Come on. And we should be willing to listen. Um, and so I appreciate you taking time to acknowledge. Uh, well, and I said this the first service, but honestly, if you have nobody else in your life that you can turn to and talk to, God gave you a gift in these two right here. Yeah. Listen to me. A, a pastor may preach, but that isn't, shouldn't be all they're relegated to. Yeah. Pastoring and preaching are two different things. And if you're only getting their preaching, you're only getting half of the gift God's trying to give you. These people want to pastor you. You have no idea. Man, this guy's heart is so big for this community. It made zero sense to plant a church in Marble Falls. The statistics laughed at that pick of a city. And man, but God called him here. And listen to him. Don't allow the call of God on this man to go to waste because you're afraid of what he might say. Listen, he's going to love you. Pastor Sandy's going to love you. And I'm telling you, as you just begin to open up and you let them walk with you, they're not going to fix you, but they're going to walk with you. That's what they're committed to do. They don't have a cure-all, but they know the cure-all. And they're going to walk with you through that process. Because sometimes healing is a process. I believe in the God who can heal you instantly, but I also believe in the God who heals incrementally. And I'm telling you right now, you have two people who are, I'm not saying this, I'm not being paid to say this and nothing like, they didn't ask me to say this. They are dedicated. They are dedicated to walking hand in hand with you through that through that low place. And I'm telling you, you, quit allowing the gift of God to go to waste in your life that you're pastors. Stop doing it. Thank you, Kingdom. This next question says, being a Christian woman in my upper 50s, I've been married and divorced for a very long time, but I get really lonely and get sometimes I'm probably fine being alone. I just don't know how to pray God's will for that because I've never really had a relationship that I always wanted as a young person. You want to speak to that? Yeah, I think, good grief. And that, that's the thing is, listen to me, there is, no, there is no end date. There is no clock on the promises of God. So I know for, for people like us who are in our 20s, you know, it, it can seem like, okay, yeah, like, it, it, you had to wait a while, but it was literally just like four or five years. And sometimes... For somebody else, it could be four or five decades. But the truth is, is like God had promised Abraham a son, and 25 years later, the son showed up. Yeah. 25 years later. And then listen to me, I'm not trying to preach, but it wasn't until Abraham allowed God to change his name. Abraham's father had named him Abram, which just means father. God then later, at like literally 99 years old, comes to Abraham and says, I want to I want to change your name to Abraham, which doesn't just mean father. It means father of a multitude. This guy didn't have any kids. And the one kid he did have technically was illegitimate. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it wasn't until But Abraham, he did it his way. Yeah, he did it his way, which we're still honestly... Which we're still bearing the consequences. He probably of today. was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try that." Yeah. Well, I mean, his wife told him to do it, so he was, I don't know, being a good husband, so being a team player, but being a team player, being a team player, no. taking one for the team. But, but listen, it wasn't until he allowed God to change his name. Hey, don't take one for the team. Don't, don't take, take one, one for the, the team. team. Yeah. No, do not. Even if your wife says to do it, like, like yeah, don't seek do counsel. It. Yeah. Tell her to seek counseling. So, which it wreak havoc. Yeah, it wreaked havoc. You know, listen, that's why I said we're still bearing the consequences of that decision today. But our way feels so right and it does. good. And it feels sexy, but it's not. Mm. For a it's moment. Not. For a moment. Sin feels good for a season. Yeah. But then it's horrible. Yeah, it, it, it is horrible. But it does feel good. Mm -hmm. It actually feels kind of right sometimes. Yeah, but the, but the then, thing is, then is it, that then the it enemy, has that grip, like you said. Yeah, the enemy can't create. So he just creates a counterfeit, and that's why counterfeits look right oh, for a man. second. But then as you dive into the complexities and the different nuances wow. and nooks and crannies, pockets, corners, crevices, you find this thing is illegitimate. This thing promised a lot and under-delivered. And that's what the enemy always does. He always over-promises and under-delivers. And God over-promises and over-delivers on the promise. And that's the thing is when God allowed Abram's name to be changed to Abraham, and Abraham being fatherless, had to go around and introduce himself as Abraham. How stupid did that look? 
I know you've been calling me Abram, which just means father for the last 99 years, but now I need you to call me Abraham, which means father of a multitude. How stupid did that look? And sound. And sound. But then all of a sudden, it was when he agreed with God that literally nine months later, Isaac was born. His baby boy is born. And I'm telling you, it's when you might might be the holdup is what I'm trying to say. Maybe you're what's holding things up. Maybe the reason you're in a holding pattern isn't because God's still behind the scenes making everything right, but because you haven't agreed with him yet. You haven't said, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb because guess where you find the fruit. You find it out on a limb. And some of you haven't found the fruit in your life yet because you won't go out on the limb. That is preach. That is so good. I'm preaching this morning. How do you... So good. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't <laughs> help it. How did you learn to trust in his way? Because it's 2021. I mean, it is. things are different. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's different than when we dated. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, we had challenges, but nothing like today. Um, so when it, when it comes to walking that out and trusting in him that his way is a better way, you know, um, and you're, you know, enjoying a happy marriage and happy life, the right, the right one that you believe God sent you all the way from Indiana, uh, which God can, I mean, Sandy came from Texas. I'm a Kansas boy, mm-hmm. grew up in Kansas on a farm, mm-hmm. believe it or not. I did have my driver's license again. I know you don't believe me at 14. I believe you. But, but um, God brought somebody uniquely all the way from another state for you. But how did you walk that out uh, I and, think, tr- and trust him for his way is better mm-hmm. than the easy way, the easy well, route? I mean, the thing is, is that there, there's always an opening act before the main event. And I think when you take the opening act seriously, it allows you to take the, the main event seriously. And so when you take the prelude seriously, when you actually don't skip it, but you read the forward of the book, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And you go through it chronologically, how God's trying to take you through your life, you get to go through it chronologically and faster. And, and, and some things are expedited when you just simply submit yourself to the process. And that's the thing is when I was single and she was single, we dared to let God have our singleness. And that's one of the things I think is some of you, you are wasting your singleness. Yeah. And cause, because listen to me, a waiting season is not a wasted season. It's good. A waiting season is not a wasted season. It's only, it's only wasted if you don't see the value in it. Wow. There are things, listen to me, as a single person, you are never going to get to do again once you're married. And that's what I hear from single people all the time. I can't wait to be married. And then all the married people are acting like they just want to be single. Wow. Want to go to the, want to hang out with the boys. Wow. Everything you used to never do, now you wish you could because the grass is always greener on the other side. And I'm, not, I'm here to tell you, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is green where you let God water it. Yeah. Yeah. And the grass can be green right where you're at if you, would dare God to, if you would dare to let God water where you're at. Yeah, I think that goes along with if you can find contentment in your singleness and in being alone, I think you, you're okay to ask God about the future. It's when you're future tripping where I feel like he's going to keep you kind of in the dark. So for me, I literally, before I knew Keenan Clark existed, God told me I was going to be quitting my job and moving into ministry. Now, I didn't know I was getting a husband because of that, but it aligned. So it allowed me to buy into, okay, this might be what God has for me. This is, this makes sense. This is what God spoke. I knew he would be a virgin. And then I had that list and all of the things just started being like, I didn't, like, I DM'd him, but I didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah, and she had no idea that I'm, like, just based off the picture she saw of me on Instagram, that I matched her criteria. It was as she allowed the story to unfold, and that's why I was talking about God wants to talk to you in a language you can understand. And there are some of you who don't know his voice because you ignored it in the past. And God's saying, hey, I've been actually telling you this was coming for a long time, and you would have the faith you needed to step into it had you been listening to me and allowing me to prep you and and, and cultivate you, mold you, and shape you for this moment, because this moment's coming whether you're ready for it or not. And I think that's important is the molding and the shaping. And he preps you to receive from him and, like, receive his best. So So true. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Another question. This says, I don't want to stay trapped in the perfectionist mindset that I've acquired in our modern and vain world. How do I rid myself of the idea of perfection and the disappointment that follows? Dang, that's so good. Um, I'm, whoever wrote that question, you and I could not be more alike. Um, 
I am a perfectionist. I'm a people pleaser by nature. Um, I like everybody and desire to be liked by everybody. Like, that's just truly my go-to. That's default. That's just kind of where I lean and drift. Um, I pull towards that direction. And one of the things I've had to learn is that it's not about perfection. It's about progression. And as long as I'm progressively leaning in to the person that God is asking me to be, I may not be that in, in full right now. One of the things that liberated me of this, listen to me, my dad was talking to me one day and he said this, and I'm not trying to idolize my dad, but he's a really good guy. Okay, there are some things that like he and I don't always see eye to eye on, but he's a phenomenal man. And my dad told me this, he said, Kenan, there are things on the inside of you that need to be fixed right now. That the Holy Spirit is like, yo, that's not cool. But he knows he's not even gonna start talking to you about that until you're 65 because you can't handle it. There are other things that need to be, there are other things that need to be addressed. What I'm trying to say is God is about ad- addressing the disease, not just going around and, and, and taking care of symptoms. Wow. And sometimes it's when we keep presenting our symptoms to God that all of a sudden we wonder why it's a quick fix. We wonder why it's just a Band-Aid fix. And God's saying it's because that's not really the issue. Let me get down to the nitty gritty. Let me get down to the, that inner part of you. And when you actually begin to uh, allow yourself to take the pressure off and say, God's not asking for perfection of me today. He's asking that I just simply trust him today. I told the first service this, but the word of God, the Bible calls it a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. That means it doesn't illuminate everything. It just illuminates the next thing. It just illuminates the next thing. And there are some of you, when you are unwilling to take that next step, it's no wonder there aren't other things in your life lighting up. Wow. It's because that's still where the light is because that's still where the so step true. is. And, and when you allow that to, to, to truly trust, and I don't have to step perfectly. Yeah. If my foot shakes, if I, I'm a, a little worried, that's okay. The important thing is I made the step. And so many times it doesn't even really make sense. No. <laughs> I mean, it's because you... Rarely. I mean, and even DMing, 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 DMing somebody, a girl, a guy. Sounds like something I need to cast out. Like DMing, 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 yeah, DMing. Um, but I mean, that's that was pretty. That was pretty risky. And she, that is so not my wife, by the way. She is not the girl sliding into guys' DMs. And I didn't realize that when she came into my life. But as I got to know her, I was like, oh, this is like weird. Like, you don't do Everyone that. affirmed Keenan. They're like, like, you must be the real deal because she don't talk to nobody. I was like, that's right. <laughs> the real McCoy. Yeah, I actually <laughs> typed it in through my phone. Yeah, like, she was like, <laughs> she's scared. Okay, you have I another one? That. Yes, this one is so good. I hope this is helping some people. Shoot the questions in. Yeah. We're, we will be willing to answer anything, even if it's PG-13. We'll do our best. And... Um, if they can't, we'll try, we'll try to help jump in. So at, we want to help people right where you're at. And uh, I, know, I know that we all have relationships. Everything in life is affected by relationships, even with God. And so um, what's this one say? This one says, as for a single mom who has a hard relationship with my child's father, I dream of the day I'll have a husband, but I feel like I'm damaged goods. Not a question, but looking for advice. For sure. Um, I just want to speak to this because as you've kind of listened, you can hear how Keenan was really set up, um, starting with his dad and even above his dad, his grandpa and so on. And so he was really set in this environment of greatness. You know, they, they planted a church. He's traveled all over the world. He's taken that on like as his own, his own convictions. And I came from the typical 21st century family, parents divorced, um, lots of things happening at the home. I've got a brother, I've got a half brother, I've got a stepsister, got another stepsister. Um, And you just take that as your own, but it's not where you have to stay. And so my encouragement is just, I, I can relate. And as you just allow God to show you what he thinks of you and how he sees you as the father, um, and you just free yourself to be that child again. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to walk in what you, I mean, we sing today, we've got to believe these words. His, his mercies are new every morning. And um, I just believe that you're gonna um, set a new standard for your daughter 
and for generations to come. Yeah, one of the things I like to tell people is don't be limited by your last name. Don't be limited by your last name. A lot of people limit themselves based on like what everybody else has accomplished or what everybody else's pitfalls were. And their idea of success is just not doing that. Like if I just don't go to prison, then I'll call that success. And listen to me, honor your last name, but you are not limited by your last name. In fact, you were given a new name. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are beloved, you are chosen, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You, you are the head and not the tail, above, not beneath. You're the lender, not the borrower. You are a victor. Listen to me, never a victim. Never. And when we ditch the victim's mentality, which plagues our nation today, everyone's a victim. Why? Because being a victim's sexy. You always got a story. You get sympathy. But man, I'm telling you, when you step out of sympathy, you begin to step into your destiny. I don't need sympathy from everybody because I know what Jesus did for me. He gave me all the sympathy. The Bible says this, that Jesus can sympathize with your weaknesses. That's where I, that's, that's where I get my sympathy. It's not from being a victim, but I, I understand that Jesus literally took my place, that the gospel is that I got all of Jesus's righteousness when I gave him all of my sin. That, that's, it's, it's called the scandal of grace. It's a scandalous thing. It shouldn't be allowed, but that's what makes it work. And I'm telling you, when you begin to step into that, you no longer have to be limited by your last name, your geographical location, your socioeconomic status, your, your zip code. You don't have to be limited by any of that. And all of a sudden, everything that God wants to give you, you can, he can give you. Why? Because you'll now accept it. And there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a disconnect because what she's talking about is this woman says she felt like damaged goods. And the longer you keep identifying as damaged goods, you will only receive what you believe you're allowed to have as damaged goods. Wow. And that's why we see, especially women, and I'm not picking, I don't know any of you from Adam, okay? So I'm not picking on anyone in this room. But we see women, I see women in my life who constantly pick the same guy. He just has a different face and name. Because that's the kind of man they believe they're able to have. And I'm telling you, when you find out who the heck you are, you won't accept somebody who doesn't value that way, value you that way. But you've got to understand your, who you are before you can accept what God wants to give you. Because if you don't know who you are, you will reject what God sends in your oh life. Oh my gosh, so man. I love it. I love it. Another question. So encouraging. Okay. This is fun because we kind of just talked about this earlier in the office. Um, but it says, how do you help your wife if she feels as though she isn't helping you in ministry? Like, she doesn't feel like she's being as impactful as she needs to be. And I just thought it was fun that this question we came up. Yeah, we did talk about this. Because we were just talking about, you know, his parents being pastors, Keenan, and your mom's role in the ministry versus us being pastors and my role in ministry. So you want to talk, speak to that? Yeah, I, I, I'll be, I'm going to be 100% candid. I am still figuring this thing out, okay? <laughs> I am seven months into being married, okay? So I am not up here because I'm some guru. I'm some know-it-all, okay, by any means. Um, so I'm still, it, it, I'm fumbling my way forward. And I say that a lot. I'm like, babe, I'm trying. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm failing, but I'm failing forward in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? And my preacher <laughs> voice comes out. But um but yeah, I think it's so important. Did you important. say you're failing forward? I'm failing forward. I love that. Like, I may be failing, but I'm failing forward. Like, at least I'm trying, you know? <laughs> and sometimes the reason I fail is because I lack trying. And that's because of the perfectionist in me, not wanting to mess up, not wanting, if I'm not going to knock it out of the park, I won't even swing. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that I, I really have to deal with on a regular basis. But one of the things is we were literally just in Chattanooga. This is just a for instance. We were just in Chattanooga uh, preaching at a church called Venue Church for Pastor Tabner Smith. He's an amazing guy. And uh, we were backstage and everybody's like going off about the message. Like, you're the best guest speaker we ever had. Oh, my God. Like flipping out. And like all this praise is coming at me. And Beth's standing there next to me. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit allowed me to remember the fact that she was the one, I had originally had a different message kind of planned out and she was like, hey, I really feel like you need to go back to these notes and read over some stuff. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but I'm really feeling that. And I, I listened to her and I went back and literally 10 minutes later, I had a completely different message and it was the message that I preached there. And so I just took that moment to say, hey, like, I'm not gonna take all the credit for this. Like, Beth actually told me to go back to these notes. And I think finding some way to allow each other in on your win, because at the end of the day, the two of you are one. So if one of you wins, you both win. Yeah. 
That, and that's the way you've got to see it, is if, we, if one of us wins, we win. Okay. And so I'm, I, that is one area in which I've done that, right? And that may be my one story, but I'm going to milk it, okay? And so, that may, but it, it, it's allowing each other the credit where credit's due. And honestly, sometimes, sometimes you just got to look for it. It may not show itself, you know what I mean, that obvious. Okay. But you would, I, I would not listen to me. Everybody will tell you if you come to our church, Keenan preaches different since he got married. Like, but there's the truth that, my, I'll be honest with you, my entire relationship with God has gone to a, le a level it was never at before. Like I tell people, it's like my relationship with God found nitrous. Like I hit the NOS button on my relationship with God when I got married and I'm preaching with more passion. I am, listen to me, I'm more in love with Jesus than I've ever been in my freaking life. And I have no idea how it happened. But this girl just makes me fall in love with her and him every day. And that doesn't happen all the time. When I'm someone, willing to be when, the anomaly. No, but no, I'm saying when someone meets somebody, it doesn't sometimes turn your passion up or your commitment level up. Sometimes or the wrong passion. It turns the wrong passion sometimes up. Sometimes it's the opposite. Yeah. Sometimes, and any, I would say anybody that's pulling you away from God, I would say that's a, that's a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good sign you might need to piece the heck on out. And I would say to this question, too, because I feel like Peace Shane, on out. Shane has always said, you know, the, one of his number one jobs is to help me make sure I'm fulfilling God's will for my life. And he has been so generous to share this platform with me. And in times when I've said, Shane, I really feel like I have a message, he's like, go, preach. You do it this Come Sunday. On. And I would say having a spouse that will encourage your gifts, and not every woman has the same gift. There are some people in ministries in ministry that the husband is the one that people see, and they may not ever really see the wife, but he's successful because of her. Come on. And so yeah. just because she may not seem as impactful, I think you need to determine what is impactful yeah. and then encourage her gifts because they may not be the same as other ladies. Yeah. One of my major heroes is the late Reverend Billy Graham. Billy Graham is probably, as far as like somebody in the last you know hundred years who lived, I've researched his life at nauseum. Okay, I'm currently right now going through his autobiography again. Like just amazing man. And everybody who was close to the Graham family has said there would have never been a Billy Graham had there not been a Ruth Graham, which was his wife who stayed home, raised their kids, and she was just as committed to the gospel getting preached, even though she wasn't the one preaching it. Her name was not in lights, but she cared so much about the message. She cared so much about the kingdom that she was willing to, at times, say goodbye to her husband so that he could do the work of the Lord. And I know that, that God's not asking everybody that, but there would have never been a Billy Graham without a Ruth Graham. And ladies, you are just as valuable. Yeah. You are just as valuable as your husband is. Love so that. true. Do yep. we have time for one more? Uh, nope, we're over time. Uh, right. Was there one more? Did one more come in? Oh, there's a lot more. There's a lot. Well, pick pick one. Yeah. Pick one really. Pick one really quick. Oh, this one just says. How Thank you, you guys for being so brave yeah. to ask questions. And again, our our heart is just to help. And having a Amen. younger couple in 2021 that was you know obviously raised different. Um, I didn't grow up in the same kind of home as you did, Keenan, and um, totally cool. Sandy kind of did. But having another outlook. I think reception. Okay, last question. How do you know when you're ready to get married? My, I'll give you the answer my dad told me. Okay, this is what my dad told me. He said, you know you're ready to get married, and this is not funny, but he was being serious, when you're ready to die. Because marriage takes dying to yourself. Mm. Like, as far as you're concerned, that old you you were before you got married, that, person's, that person is dead. The reason Keena Clark preaches is different because, hey, old Keena Clark can't come to the phone right now because he's not dead. You know, a little Taylor Swift action. Sorry, can't come to the phone now. But it's true. Is that because, a song? Yeah, she, she says that in like one of her little things. It's not like I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan or anything. But Sounds like it to me. People just quote it. You know, preachers do stuff like that. But anyway, I think. Can you sing it? Don't, don't tempt me. Come on, you know I want this mean? real quick. Sing it. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's literally just the voice recording oh, of that. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're not willing, you're not ready to. Zoe get, loves Taylor Swift. You do? She okay. begs for that. Come on. On the boat. This is the difference. We were talking about this. 
I know we're over time, but this is the difference between infatuation and love. Infatuation is I'm so excited about what you're going to give to me. Love is I can't wait to give everything so to you. Good. That's what, that's the difference between being so infatuated good. and being in love. Yeah. Oh, man, that's good. Okay. That's good. Okay. I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you pray us out and, um, Man, so much, so much. Yeah, come on up here, Parker. So much knowledge, and thank you, you guys. Did you guys get something out of this? Man, today? give it up for these guys. Um, uh, um, so proud of you both. So proud of you both walking it out, walking out your convictions. Thank you. Which is rare nowadays to see people, you know, um, have a conviction to not get tattoos. You know. Yeah, and, I, I hold strong to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have a budget, monthly budget, for what I heard. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, it's an I envelope. Wish. Dave Ramsey has I a wish. separate. You can send your uh, donations to yes, Keenan Clark on to, Venmo. To, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, all kidding aside, walking out conviction, personal convictions, and yeah. uh, and being led by the Holy Spirit to lay some stuff down, make sacrifices, is not always a popular thing. And to no. see young people doing it, I mean, my prayer is that my kids will do that. Yeah. My my prayer is that my kids will learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and when they're in the, a bad situation or at the wrong place or the wrong time or maybe they actually, you know, fell asleep on the couch together watching a movie that, that maybe the Holy Spirit, maybe they'll listen. Yeah. And maybe they'll, you know, the convictions be reminded and walk that out. And so I'm not saying I'm going to pay 10 bucks a week, um, but uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Pray us out, Keenan. Heck yeah. Lord, we just thank you. Uh, we just thank you for your presence, God, that we didn't have to trick you into coming here. We didn't have to arm twist you. We didn't have to send you a text or a reminder. Lord, we are here because you are calling to us. And Lord, I pray that right now, every single person under the sound of my voice would know how deeply, affectionately, and passionately you are in love with them. Lord, I pray that right now, wherever they sit, baggage and all, what they did last night and everything prior to that, Lord, you love them. You're not surprised by it. Lord, they haven't let you down because, listen, they weren't holding you up. They weren't holding you up, so they can't let you down. And Lord, I pray that right now your grace just rushes in like a flood. Lord, I thank you that where the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against him. And Lord, I thank you that that standard is the grace of God. Lord, I thank you that that standard is your mercy. It is your love. It's yourself, God. And Lord, I thank you that right now, just your passion, your devotion, Lord, would be what we fixate ourselves on, that you would be the defining factor of our lives. And I thank you for it. I call everybody in this room blessed. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, give it up for them as they exit. Man, thank you guys a ton.